0: i blame justin bourne wow six games for jason spezza
1: <laughs> i was half right
0: jb comes on the show yesterday and says this is a three gamer we know they listen in new york we know that And they wanted to make me look like a fool didn't they spite my friends according <laughs> to the twitter egg and your dms it was three games but <laughs> three games and what i, I, I try to talk you off the ledge did. i did i'm like i know they're not going backwards they can go backwards on anybody else but not the toronto maple leafs oh, man because the, they... the whole it's it's the big stage and i'm i was so surprised to hear six i said Five. Yeah. And then I'm like, eh, thought, you had me just a little bit. I talked you, talk uh, you down. To, to maybe four. Yeah. But six games. I don't know,
1: man. I, I really feel like this one was over Zapruder'd, You know, still frames and slow-mos and head angles. And bah, just watch it at normal speed on this one.
0: How about the breakdown from the National Hockey League? Oh, it was it they, was they, great. But they took it to another level. They did. They really did. You know what? What they're doing a lot more of this year is
1: really getting into the arguments that were made in the player and the team made in defense
0: of the incident. So let's, let's listen to, the, let's listen to a, a clip of it uh, and get into it.
2: All right. The Maple Leafs and Spezza made three arguments on today's hearing.
0: First, the Maple Leafs argue that this is not kneeing you want me to go on this one? Not kneeing. You think it, The knee the knee led. Right. But, but you're saying technically I just it this wasn't is not, it wasn't the, the, there was no contact here? No, I'm saying it's not how I think of what
1: kneeing is in hockey. I think of kneeing as being two things. One is you're sticking out your knee to get a piece of someone. Which I, we saw again last night we, with Cole, uh, Cole on shifle. We, we obviously saw it, uh Pionk on Sandine. So that, to me, is kneeing, sticking out your knee to get a piece of someone. Or I think of, like, UFC, where you've, like, got a guy's head and you're throwing your knee actively to, you know, give a guy a a blow. I've never thought of kneeing as... To me, what Spezza is doing is skating at a guy and trying to hit him hard, trying to crush him. And the way he is skating, just the way the order of his strides are, take the contact, you know, like the head is low and all that. I, I just don't think of that as a kneeing play I don't know how you want to define it. Maybe the technical definition doesn't matter, but it doesn't feel
0: like kneeing to me. Though the knee does strike the head, the head area. Have they really, in the past, gone into the arguments of a hearing like last, this last? Well, one they with did the Tanov on the bite. They
1: they said that Tanov said that uh, was it. Kachuk punched him in the, with the side of his hand in his
0: tooth. If <laughs> if we are now into a he said she said why don't they just put it live you're not wrong why don't, hey? we, why don't we just go live here's to what they it? said
1: and here's why we think they're an idiot
2: you, like, you can like the raptor show live on youtube comments
0: <laughs> comments welcome save save the post message just let us watch the hearing
1: well the, the nhl gets to package it up the way it does i credit you to the way they're put together now the cinematic quality is all right A-
0: anything else we can pull out of that of clip number Second, two. both the Maple Leafs and Spezza argued that Pioch is eligible to be checked on this play, and we agree. While every play is different, there is no league rule against
3: hitting a player who is low to the ice, provided the hit is delivered in an otherwise legal fashion.
1: So what Spezza could have done is slid on his knees
0: to have mm-hmm. delivered it cleanly. Mini stick it up. <laughs> yeah. No, just take it right to the hallway. <laughs> at the uh, at the Marriott Hotel. It is funny, though. They're like,
1: yeah, yeah. No, we totally agree. You can hit that guy. You just can't hit him like that. I think that's fair. So the thing that I would ask off of that is,
2: so if, it's, if you're allowed to hit him there, and so how should he have hit him? It's like throwing a strike to a guy who's four feet tall. Yeah, it's like throwing it a, a strike to, to Jose Altuve yeah. out here. Like, you're trying to, if you're allowed to hit him, and you...
0: I guess it's just the knee. It's all the knee. But I thought he looked like he was. If if, if he could have lunged in with a shoulder and ended up rolling around too, I, I don't know.
1: But to the league's point, if it's so difficult to hit a guy cleanly, then don't hit him. The onus is on you. I get the idea that you're allowed to. It's just really hard when he's in that spot. But I think it could be said that
2: if he made contact with the shoulder, if he had got his shoulder lower, it could have been worse than the knee. Like, the knee was a bit of a glancing bull. Imagine
1: it? if he lunged shoulder down that low. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> sort of I, I feel wild. like
2: it could have been worse.
1: So,
0: anyways. Anything else we pulled out of that? Or Tip three. Finally, Spezza argued that he would have been able to deliver this check
3: legally had Piąk not fallen further toward the ice, materially changing the position of his head after Spezza had already committed to the hit. We do not agree. I love oh, wow. that. I love
0: Come that. on. That's I mean...
2: We do not. That's got to be a drop. We do not agree.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It would have been a clean hit if if he didn't turn his back to me, right? Yeah. I mean, no. He, that's it, a great it, comparison. It, it could have been a clean hit if this would have happened. Like that one's a throwaway.
1: And for me, you know, Pionk is down to sweep the glove or the puck with his glove. Like he can stand back up. To me, Spezza is going in for the hit, and he's like, "Wherever this guy is, by the time I get there, I got. I'm I'm committed to hitting him. I'm pot
0: committed." Once you start with the ifs, you're into the uncles and the balls and all of that, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. I think
1: you have to know the expression, but I, I do know. You where know you're which going. one I'm I talking know where about. You're at.
0: Yeah. So, I would have been absolutely fine with everything that they said, if it just came with a a two or a three. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought it was at. It's funny, like the people making this decision, it's Peros
1: and uh, Quintel and Burke um, and presumably a few others.
0: Um, Now, you guys rolled your eyes yesterday and we didn't really get into this when Pionk uh, all of a sudden ended up on a concussion protocol list.
1: Oh, I didn't roll my eyes. That that wasn't uh, heard. I'll, I'll, I'll take hear. credit for that. <laughs> sure. Okay. I what if you did? No, I'll throw me under no, the bus. No, was did? Here's the thing. I definitely did, no, but don't want
0: to oh, no, own, own it. No, okay. own it. It was me. Sammy, own it. It was me. I was a little suspicious. You didn't suspicious. like the
2: timing. I wasn't, I wasn't suspicious of him. Yeah. No, I was. No, I didn't like the timing. I was suspicious. Yeah, I'm not going to try to
0: talk my way out of this one. I was suspicious, <laughs> Kip. I was suspicious. He missed last night's game against Carolina. With a suspension. So... Yeah, well, so how does that work? As, he was suspended. As, yeah, oh, yeah. He's there, not, there, he can't play for two there, anyway. There was real, for, for the Winnipeg Jets to pull him out of the lo- L- the lineup like that last night to make a point on a team that's not even no in no your Kipper conference. he's suspended for he so the Saline anyway. hit yeah he's suspended so he can't play so he, they they oh, had a co- yeah 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 that's right they, that's they a, right they had a couple okay. of game covered but, but uh,
2: so now are you more suspicious
1: well
0: <laughs> now what uh, yeah no you're right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right yeah, yeah that's, that's bad on me bad on me I totally forgot but, but my cynical dark I mean, yeah, heart yes, was there right. you go yeah uh inconclusive and that, that yeah, right. and I would
1: like to say remain to be. Remain to be seen. It's one of those things that you just go, well, you know, it's probably true that he <laughs> is in concussion protocol and, you know, wish him well. But you, you raise your eyebrows is all. Think it helped? Yeah. Sammy? Uh, I don't know. I got a question
2: for you about this thing, about the how it's announced, about the length, about when, you know, it goes from well, – Oh, you guys just went in the dark there for a second. Mm. Uh, um, is it – how much of this is a Toronto thing? Is this a fan – Perception that is being sort of put out there, and I'm, I'm putting that across. But how long do these suspensions take? They announced it during the second intermission of his team playing. That it's, was by design. I know didn't that's, you what, think? I, that's Why, what I'm so asking. No, so like, it wasn't putting, a big uproar? I I'm, well, pu- I'm putting on my conspiracy hat here. You know, we, I think it's two games long. Because they wanna, they don't want to look like they're going easy on the Leafs. That's how Leaf fans are perceiving this. It's two games longer than it should be because of that.
0: We know regardless if they announce it before or during the game, it's a huge story here. But perhaps outside of the, the greater Toronto area, everybody else is too Talking busy. Talking about Trevor egress. Is, is too busy somewhere else to really focus on that. And I, I think it's I, I it's something I would think about if I was in that Yeah. Dep- like, uh, like news
1: coming out five department? o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I will say like, I'm not from Toronto and I think you might have it backwards. Like maybe they think this is an eight gamer and they don't want the backlash. So they give it six because it's Toronto. Like, I, I don't know that if it always goes the way you think it does here. Well,
0: I mean, the world revolves around <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> and so, Leafs, so we did uh, hear a couple of reports last night. I think Elliot put out that uh, there'll be an appeal. Mm-hmm. I went on the morning show today and I said, A complete waste of time.
1: They'll appeal to Gary, who hired the people who made the decision.
0: Yes. And And then then, by the time he turns it down, then they got to go to uh, an arbitrator. And we're four games into the suspension. No, but it's done. It's done. It's over. The six are gone. Is it like baseball? Can you play during the appeal? No. Okay. No, you cannot. They might be able to pay him or something for the games at least. What's today? Thursday? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? You appeal today, it ends up on Gary's desk. He goes through his own little process. You don't probably get a Gary report till Monday or Tuesday. He, of course, is going to turn around and he's not going to make his department look bad.
1: Yeah, I don't really understand what Gary's expertise
0: would be to change their call. So it goes to the arbitrator. Now you got to go, if you're Jason Spezza, you got to go through it a third time. And you're in the middle of next week the The suspension's over when next Saturday? It's just yeah, it's a complete waste of time, so then why it's just making it a point, I guess I, I think of reception I think if he thinks about it, he passes on it.
1: hey, yeah. yesterday, Paul Maurice made a comment, and he said he was talking about uh the way things unfolded yesterday, and Logan Stanley pumping up the crowd, and he said. Here's how I see it. And we don't have the quotes. I'm bringing this up randomly. But he goes, I'm wearing a suit. I'm not involved in the game, which means I don't weigh in on, I don't chirp at players. He said, That's like, that's something I don't do. So for me, you know, he's just, he's like, I'm an observer to the game. It was almost implied that that was not the case from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that, you know, I don't know, is Keefe or some of the coaches yelling at Jets players? Was there some other
2: layers there? I thought. From the one clip that it showed, after Simmons was kind of running around and it looked like Keefe kind of sent him out there to get whatever, I thought he was yelling at Keefe. He looked like he was looking over at the bench. He might yelling. have
1: been. He said he didn't yell at players. Well, what's wrong with that? I mean,
2: coaches have been yelling at each other for 100 years in the game. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If the coaches are chirping at each other, it's an intense game. I don't think that matters. But I agree with him. I don't think the I don't think the players and coaches should
0: really interact on opposite teams. You ever have yeah. coaches yeah. do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm like, uh, can you – not yell at Bob Prober, please. <laughs> okay? you, you don't have to go up and line up yeah. against him. That, that, that's me. Can you shut up, please? <laughs> but it, it does happen. And sometimes yeah. you are speaking, but you're not speaking. You're almost like talking to yourself, uh, even though you might be looking <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. It happens. Uh, Sammy, you're right. It's gone on for a long time. Some are yeah. better than at it than others, and some don't cross that line, but it, it certainly looked like uh, it was pretty heated on those benches.
1: Wasn't quite, was it Patrick Wall and Bruce Boudreaux back in the day? Patty went and knocked the glass over.
2: I'll have to Google this. Google it. All Sounds right. like a Googler. The yeah. real Googling. Uh, I was in Colorado.
1: Show. Yeah. Didn't he go, didn't he knock the glass right. over trying to get yeah. to, to Bruce? Yeah. Is, Is that right. Bruce? Is right. it Bruce? I remember him. In my him. head it's yeah. Bruce. Yeah. It could be wow. someone else. Yeah.
0: And uh, listen, it's Less than two weeks. It's over. Spezza's, what, Yeah, thirty. You, you know what his 39. suspension costs him?
1: 20 grand. I think I saw his 20 grand. Some guys make that in the NHL in, like,
0: you know, a shift. You uh, you said he could pay it with his with a tap card, his <laughs> yeah. debit card? Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, his max on tap I'll is I'll tell 20. you
0: what. Spezza picked a hell of a year to not be making 7.5 million bucks. Yeah. If
1: you're going to take a suspension, do it when you're making 750. And here's the other side of this for me. I...
2: At least we've been playing pretty well. They looked pretty good. Uh for stretches last night without spetsa It's a nice little load management for Spitza. Six games. You don't have to go out west on this trip. It's not you know, the worst thing in the it's world. It's really not the worst thing in the world oh, getting six games off F L A
0: FLA. Spats.
2: <laughs> yeah. no, FLA. He's not oh, yeah. leaving the country. Just go for a little uh No way. They're not letting him leave the country. He's gotta pay they don't want to pay the two hundred bucks for him to get a PCR on the way home. He's not leaving the country.
1: <laughs> Maybe just go have a spa trip somewhere. Somewhere. The Scandinav somewhere. up in Collingwood.
0: So last night, uh, you know, once again, we're on our little three-way calls and text messages and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just an awful game last I love, night. It,
1: it, when the Leafs are winning, we get a text from Kipper about halfway through the game that goes, "Columbus is garbage.
0: Oh whoever my God. it is, Philly sucks." That was just. <laughs> I just you you think of of. Of the passion and emotion and the level of intensity off the weekend. And you're like, that's the stuff that helps you build character Mm -hmm. for a playoff run. And then you resort to last night's game where it's just, you don't know what to make of it. And don't even take my opinion. Let's get Sheldon Keefe's opinion of the game last night
4: yeah I, I didn't like much about the game the <laughs> period uh, We found ways to strike offensively, whether it's on our power play or some you know quick chances off the rush. But in terms of how we how we like to play and how we have played, I don't think there was a lot to, to like about the game tonight in any of the periods. <laughs> I'm kind of happy that frankly that the third period catches up to us because it probably should have you know um, <laughs> So it's not, not a great game for us, but it's it's good. It's a good result. Obviously, we need to get back on the on the right side of it. It's a funny game to play too for our guys, given that we had such big leads at different times. So it's all part of it. There's two people that should be really pissed off
0: about that third period, besides Sheldon Keefe, Jack Gamble. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, because here they are. It's what five two, three minutes left to go. And this is the sound you hear in those last few minutes. (laughs) Cookie! (laughs) Nylander. Cookie! (laughs) Tavares, empty net. Cookie! (laughs) Matthews. (laughs) I think I know where that's going. Like, Jack Campbell, he's... Done everything for you. You don't you don't go from five two to five four you in know, two minutes. You Jack Campbell does not want four goals given up to that team last night at home. No. You know what though? If we're doing conspiracy
1: theories today. Uh, the guys that got paid, um, Matthews and Tavares, are paying back Kyle Dubas by jacking up uh, Jack Campbell's save percentage. Oh They're saying, "Listen, we got you, Kyle. You got us paid. We're going to lower Jack's number here with
0: a terrible late performance." So you're you're a bet we guy. We don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a you're a bet guy. A few yeah. few people pissed off at uh, oh, the puck had, line.
2: You had that minus line. one and a half last night. That's as gross a beat as you're going to get. 0.6 and there were, seconds, and left. there would have been a ton of people on that because it's a big like. In yeah, it's NHL, the only way you would bet and, the Leafs yeah, at home NH, against Columbus NHL betting, you know, there's not a lot of value a lot of times. And if you're trying to bet a favorite, the only way to really get value is by doing the puck line, yeah. which is a, by two goals basically. And boy,
1: but you're point seven seconds uh, old, Matt. And that's Dolmy Muzzin and, and Brody, I think, that were up the ice. You know, at the Milly end of the Grin, game, there, Milly Grin had an
2: awful pinch, like a cookie pinch. To let them Matthews get that with no on third on man high, no, and poor Alex Steves is on his horse trying to get back to make <laughs> him look good to the coach. And they See, tuck one home.
0: I I know. I once upon a time I was a goal scorer in my younger days. Yep. That is that is just a throwaway game where guys. I get it. They need to pad their stats. I totally get it. Yeah, and you're like, up a couple too, Kipper. Like if you're Matthews, you're, you're like, yeah. If it goes you're, wrong, you're you're. you're just the whole game in general, though, JB, where you know that you're so much better than Columbus, and that's a game that you can call off the dogs who want to remind you every once in a while you make eleven point six, ten million or seven, yeah. because you know you're just buying time, because all of that can come right back at you in the first round if you don't deliver. Yeah, there, there. Everybody wants to constantly make remind you that you're making 11.6. So you're going to have to need those numbers to, to match it up. So I I get it in in all seriousness. I get that those guys need to get those stats up.
1: Yes. I will say earlier this season, when the Leafs were struggling, my critique of them was that they were always a team for the last few years that played down to, they could play with the best teams, you know, they could put it together, but then they would play down to a team when they had the chance to, and they haven't been doing that. They've been on incredible run, When they got up last night, knowing they were so much better, knowing that they could play a little bit more loose, man, did they just take a free pass on that? And that's why Keefe's unhappy and saying I didn't like a thing about it. The first period was as dominant as they've been. Right. They
2: showed, they're like, okay, we can do this if we need to. Columbus, you know, like we had been mentioning yesterday with their slot chances against and their cycle chances against and all these things that you were mentioning on the show. I was interested in watching it live. And they bore out. They, like you're watching this, and it's like, wow, they're getting a million chances straight from the slot. Like look at all the goals they scored in the first period. Nick Ritchie Nick Ritchie scored by the way. Whoa, him between the hash marks, standing there by himself, Kasha throws it out, he shoots it in the net. Like, yeah. all the advanced stats bore out last night being like, "Wow, this team's terrible. And Rich was great. There you go. Rich was great.
0: <laughs> and it was just they stunk. Columbus but, stinks. Oh my gosh. And uh, nice goals. If, if you're there to be entertained, Ooh, and Bunting. you see Bunting, to Bunting, Bunting behind, the, by, behind the legs Ooh. for the uh, the the tap in off, off the far post, eleven I mean, points th- in eight games there is, for Bunting. There, there's there's entertainment value there, but that is just shoddy defense mm. that you will not see in the second, third, or fourth round of the playoffs. You know, I, has
1: I, there ever been a, a person who's come on our show to talk about a team who liked the team less than Jody Shelley oh, liked the God. Columbus Blue Jackets oh. yesterday?
0: I try to be kind a little bit to say they didn't suck that badly. <laughs> and he was
1: like, eh. And it was
0: like, <laughs> yeah, I, they did last night. Ah, they're not good. But so, it is, it kind of falls into the narrative of, we got a lot of weak teams in the league, boys. And that one was one of those last night where it doesn't doesn't serve a lot of purpose for the Toronto Maple Leafs other than Get taking you two your two points. points. And that's what Sheldon said too. And right? and 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 build up your individual numbers. But I'm telling you right now, you can talk to a lot of scouts that could put together a pretty good AHL All Star team. That would I'll give Columbus a run. That would g- give Columbus a run and maybe six or eight other teams in the league for sure. Yeah. No, that's that's totally saying
1: on the all-star team.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. Would, would you in, give your Leaf Nation yeah. attitude a rest for like? I don't care. You know I just wanted I... <laughs> to throw that in there. I don't care if he ever plays the Leafs. You know what it. I
1: was thinking of was like a parent being happy that their 16-year-old got a speeding ticket before they could get into an accident. That's what Sheldon Keefe saw with his team last night. He's like, I'm glad we gave up those goals at the end of the game, glad the way we played caught up to us, so they can get caught and get exposed that that way doesn't work before it actually hurts you. Uh, I think that's, that's a fair comment from the head coach. And uh, Kipper, you mentioned
2: the entertainment value last night. Pretty slow-arriving crowd slash non-arriving crowd last night. That's they, First thing I noticed. They announced, I think, eighteen seven something last night. But boy, that, that was a high number for me for what I saw with my eyes. A lot of empty seats last night, boys. Tuesday night, I guess, against the Columbus. But, you know, maybe some more with the variant scare. People are a little a little more hesitant to go out. But I was surprised. It didn't look like there was a ton of people there late arriving. Like, it was six fifty-seven, and it looked like half the lower bowl was not there. I know that's not unusual
0: for Toronto. But right. I was a little concerned about the amount of people there last night. The first thing I noticed when I turned it on the television is how many of those lower bowl seats you can see that were empty. Which, yeah, you know what I, the I, saddest
1: I, thing is that Trevor Zegers goal last night. The attendance in the background, the amount of people who saw that it was like six people I know, watching. I Terrible. Well, I, you just imagine if you're
2: Joe in Etobicoke that's just priced out of the the Scotiabank Arena. Pull your hair out you're watching. You're not, it. you're not you're not thrilled about
1: that. Hey, uh, how did we not lead the show off with just blaring trumpets for the Nick Ritchie goal? Like considering the conversations on this show all year. Uh
0: good for him. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I'm serious. No, no, for yeah. No, no, no joke. <laughs> Honest, it you wasn't... know, you know what my thought was going into that game? That Steve's scores. Oh, yeah. And that one would just have been the worst feeling ever for Nick Ritchie <laughs> Just just watching us, a guy come on. get called up in his first game, <laughs> get a bounce off his ass. Jim and... Carrey and liar liar with the water. The oh, come on. Well, the thing was uh,
2: Rubens, who played his first game last night, in his first shift, he kind of like got wide open at the top of the circle and he let this wrister go that kind of like handcuffed Merzlikens. And I was like, if Rubens scored one before Richie, yeah. that exact oh. same thought crossed my mind. The exact same
4: thing.
0: Now, he, he's, they, they claim he's the first one to really come out of the East uh, Coast uh, team. From the, the Growlers? The, for, yeah, from yeah. the Growlers for, for the Leafs. It sounds right. I don't know. Oh, I thought that was your specialty, <laughs> yeah, I man. Should, under, I should know where all these guys are.
1: Well, you're you're not wrong. I probably should know. But yeah. he's been around. Yeah. yeah. Been around. Um. Yeah. But so Sheldon Keefe uh, had a little commentary, in Richie, do you want to do want to hear what Sheldon had to say?
0: Yes, maybe Sheldon felt like he was a part of the process of of getting his first goal. Let's listen.
4: About think of Nick Richie getting on the board. Loved it. I mean, it's obviously been a long time coming, but. Uh, I said to him on the bench that I can't take a lot of credit for it because I've been calling it, calling it for a lot, quite a while now that tonight's going to be the night. Um, however, I did, I did feel strongly that today was going to be the day for him. Just, he's, he's very quietly playing well here, I think, coming into tonight. I think he had four points in the last five games. Uh, so you can just see it coming. He's had some really good chances. Uh, thrilled for him, and the team was thrilled for him as well. When did you start calling it? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know It's been, it's been a while. I stopped. I started, I stopped. It was his birthday the other day and uh, we'd called it that day, but then uh in the coach's room before the game, I felt, felt I thought it was going to be at the power plant, though, but uh I'm glad it, it worked out the way that it did. Uh, it's, it's a good goal for him, good goal for the team.
1: I just got to say, if you're Sheldon Keith Judging, having people judge his performance on points is probably not the best way to go. Like you said, he's got four points in the last five games.
0: Like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. So does everybody on the list. It's <laughs> just, it's nice for him personally. It is. And we've seen guys go out of their way to try to get him the puck now, too. So maybe that can kind of cool down again. I, I don't know what he ends up getting five, seven goals, nine goals this year. I, I don't know, whatever it is. It doesn't really... over under
2: seven and a half. What do you got? Over, I feel like he's gonna get three in the next week. Now that one's gone in, they're gonna start going in a little uh, bit for
0: him. That could happen, but yeah. I think it's it doesn't really matter to me. Seven, yeah. nine, it it's not gonna be fifteen or twenty, but right. it 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 won't matter. What will matter, and I've I've lined up against guys this size and this strong before, and whether that guy has nine goals or zero goals, he's still one of those guys where you line up against him and go, eh, you know, it could be a bit of a long night if I got to line up against this big, heavy guy. Yeah. But it's, it's, do still, it at some point. it's still to the point where guys would rather him sleep a little bit yeah. and not wake him up. But regardless, it's still one of those – he's still one of those I have a presence on the ice – Whether or not he does bring it or not, there are guys on the ice that can know at any time uh, he can hit me and it could hurt. So that will remain for Sheldon. He's Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. I know we debated this a little earlier on in the year, Mm -hmm. whether or not he'll truly be there or not. They have no choice. They don't have anybody that can replace that presence.
2: And he went after, I think it was Peak last night, the fenceman for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sounds right, Peak. Yep. Uh, he took a peek at him. Went ah. out, he went out to set, like, he threw a bit of a hit on Richie, kind of caught him up high, and he was chasing him around for the rest of the shift. He went out to center ice to have a conversation with him. So he still does bring that element. He was doing it with Pierre-Luc DeWa, so I was so like, And the building last night, you could actually feel like, a bit of relief and excitement. The Richie relief. It was, honestly, it was a standing ovation. Everybody was, like, they usually <laughs> stand up, but you can tell when it's a special goal or something different. And the guy that's making $2.5 million shot one in the net, and the whole building acted like, you know
1: what? It was just There was is something that almost feels, like, kind about the guy. Like, you're like, I don't know. Seems like a gentle soul. That's
0: yeah. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it's just
2: nice to see it go in the net for the guy. No yeah. doubt.
0: We got Jason York coming up, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada analyst. Uh, a lot of talk this week uh, on our show anyways about uh, Team Canada. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that, including the Spetsa uh, suspension. Uh, Aaron Ward later on in the show as well. And we'll see if we can hunt down John Cooper, head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are in town. And no Marner, no Sandine, but this could be one of those games where it is meaningful, mm-hmm. that there is intensity, there is a message. To one another that uh, it's going to be a, a dogfight in the Atlantic here. Yeah, the standings are tight. You know the
1: the Leafies keep picking up points, but Tampa's not going anywhere either. You know you look at the Eastern or sorry the Eastern Conference they're they're within a point of each other. Sorry, two points of each other. I mean this is this is you know I mentioned that they they tend to be able to rise up to the level of these good teams. So you know that's what we look forward to. We, I don't want to watch them play the Columbuses of the world anymore. In a 5-1 game where I feel like, you know, 5-4 game, sorry, where it feels like we gained no new information last game.
0: Did you uh, manage to catch enough of the uh, Tampa Bay-Montreal game last night where it looked like yep. uh, Montreal was in control of the game? And, and then it worked out in their...
1: Montreal's favor in the end.
0: They have to be at that point,
1: right, where losing's better than winning? Yeah, I the guess. Shane Wright's pretty good. Like, you're not trying to make playoffs anymore, so yeah. I don't know.
0: Just... You don't know how it, those little balls are gonna Give come out of the a machine. Best shot of grabbing the balls, keeper. De- Detroit Red Wings. A just little gotta bit grab the balls. Have you seen how that's worked out for the Detroit Red Wings?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But the last few it, well, years. Well, I mean, it's worked out okay for Sider and Raymond there. Yeah.
0: All right, uh, Sammy. We got Jason York. He's there. Yorkie, what's going on? Hey, Kipper, just uh,
5: just drove back uh, into Ottawa. Just got in, said hello to my dog, just uh, unpacking my stuff. I was in Toronto, did uh, four Calgary games. So I was watching the Calgary Flames on their last uh, four-game road trip and got to coach a hockey game tonight as well. So pretty busy little uh, afternoon for me.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and for you, Justin, as well, also in the studio, you were doing some of those West Coast uh, games. Uh, where do you want to start? Let's... Let's just pick up uh, from earlier in the show, Jason Spezza, six games, uh, wow. Yorkie, uh, your thoughts, first of all, on uh, one more than you thought, or where were you on it? That's a, t- it's a tough
5: one because Spezza, correct me if I'm wrong, Kipper and Borny, does he, I don't think he has any history with suspensions, does no, he? No, no, none. So I-, I was a little surprised. Um, the, the, the replay, though, when you watch the knee make contact with the head, it was pretty brutal. But I got to think, knowing, and I know Jason Spetzer pretty well, I, I think he wanted to do something, but I don't think he wanted to do that. He's not that kind of guy. Um, I thought it was a little heavy, to tell you the truth, just because of the, the history, the person, the career. Um, I, I would have went lighter, uh, so I, I'm pretty surprised with it
1: so york you were doing the flames game last night what are your impressions on uh, their season so far where they're at uh, you know a team that threatening for the uh, western conference lead at this point obviously a big surprise uh, based on expectations going into
5: the year it's pretty crazy when you think about it barney like you look at that team on paper and number one you would have thought during the coming of the season you'd say, oh, they're, they're way too slow they're way too slow Uh, They're too old. They don't really have a a number one defenseman. There was questions marks with with Markstrom. He didn't have a great year last year. I know there's injuries, and all of a sudden uh, they're winning and they're winning on the road. Um, I don't know. And Daryl Sutter too. Like that was the other thing. Like could could Daryl Sutter relate with today's players? Well, so far so good. They've uh, they've had one of the toughest schedules in the league, and they just keep winning. And it's uh, they're an interesting team to watch because. Everything's going right so far, albeit they lost uh, last night. But, like, you look at Marjapani's shooting percentage, it's off the charts, It's somewhere around 26%, 27%. Johnny Goodrow's in a contract year, and he's back to the Johnny Goodrow that was one of the top players in the league. The guy I really like on that team, though, fellas, and, and, uh, is Elias Lindholm. He just does so many little things that when you really and – and now that I've been watching Calgary – more often than most other teams, you really get an appreciation for a player like that. He's really caught my eye. And I also like Rasmus Anderson on defense, guys. He, uh, I think he might even be a dark horse to get on that Team Sweden if, if we do have an Olympics. He's had a really impressive year. But can Calgary keep doing it? Uh, the Shooting percentage is that high with certain players. Uh, as long as their goaltending keeps up, and I, and I don't see any reason why it won't, I think Calgary is is going to be a pretty good team, and Daryl Sutter's got him playing hard. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, but when you watch them, they're they're a real nice team to watch.
0: I I just I've been pushing for the last few years that between Johnny Hockey and Sean Monahan, one of them had to had to go. Yeah, uh, Monahan hasn't exactly you know litting it up uh, as a as a front line centerman here, but you know as far as Johnny Hockey. Is he now to the point where Calgary's sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, the f- finally when he starts to really get it here, we run the risk of of losing him now to unrestricted free agency." Is there the the talk now that h- how do we keep him?
5: Well, it's he's now putting himself in the ballpark of getting a, a pretty big, pretty big payday, isn't he, Kipper? And oh then they're gonna man! Th- 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 like really, because they're gonna and and it's always tougher. We know this in, in Canadian markets. Um, smaller markets you, you got to overpay right so he's playing really good and i'm watching I, and i watched it pretty closely he's he's coming back deeper in the d zone he's making plays he is he's playing really really well he's he's putting he's he's gonna force their issue to, to have to pay him a lot of money to stay there and i think as the season goes on um i think it's going to become a little clearer if, if calgary can keep this up because at the end of the day, if, if, if you don't commit to him, who who do you bring in to replace that offense? And a guy, like, when well, you watch him play Kipper, he's got the puck on his stick the whole game. Uh, he, he's been that good. And the chemistry he's had with Matthew Kachuk has been really, really good. And then Lindholm, who I mentioned, they're a really good top line. And I, uh, doing Calgary in the past with Monaghan and Goudreau, it didn't work together. Monaghan's on the third line now his offense is way down. So maybe that's a guy they moved to, to, to free up some salary to give Goudreau that contract. Because I, I, I don't know how they don't re-sign him. Uh, but, but the season, as as I said, as the season plays out, if they keep winning, uh, I think they have to re-sign him.
1: Yorkie, last night uh, chatting with you a little bit about potential Canada rosters. Um, you yeah. know, one of the names that you had some interest in that I thought was, was, was interesting indeed was, was Tom Wilson. Um, yeah, yeah t- Ted, tell, tell us about where you see him as a potential Team Canada guy. He's one of those guys that I think a lot of people see as fringe or maybe on the outside, but, but you like him quite a bit, right?
5: Well, I can just tell you as a defenseman, and, I, and I was, you and I were chatting last night in the green room, that we, we weren't sure if it was on Olympic or NHL size, but it's going to be on an NHL size ace, right, Pornie? Right, it is, yes. So here's the thing. As a defenseman, who do you rather want to play against? because a guy like that's going to play on the fourth line. Would you rather go against a Tom Wilson or let's say a Matthew Barzell playing eight minutes, mm-hmm. a Tom Wilson, or I'll even throw a Mitch Marner out there. Like to me, I, I, if that guy's on the ice, he's going to make me pay each and every time. And he can skate, he can get up and down the ice. He's putting up some points. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be on, I, I would bring him as an extra. And if you need him, put him in the lineup. I just think he's a, uh, He's one of those guys that's an X factor you know, and, and you, you know when he's on the ice Kipper, and he's he's gonna he's gonna punish you every single time and I I still think there's a place for that.
0: Well, it's it's funny you say that cuz it just brought me uh, a ton of memories of Eric Lindros coming into the National Hockey League and playing right? for Team Canada and making that team and having that in one of the, one of the best scores in junior history, and he turned himself into a Tom Wilson for them, and I, if I'm not mistaken, that was the same year I think he took Alf Samuelson out of a game for team Sweden, uh, separated his shoulder, but man, oh man, that was just vintage. Tom Wilson, or that role that you're just describing on what became one of the best hockey players in the world.
5: So like, I just know as, as – because that's what he's going to be asked to do. He's not going to be asked to score points. He's going to go – like, just picture if you're playing Team Sweden and Eric Carlson's on the team and Wilson's out on the ice last change, and Carlson has to go back and get a puck while Wilson's chasing him down. It's not going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so for, for me, I, I would like to have a guy like that on my team if I'm the coach. And there's no fighting or anything like that, but he hits so hard. And as long as he can keep it between the rails, I, I I think he could be pretty useful for Team Canada.
0: And JB, we had Doug, Wil- uh, Doug Armstrong, general manager of, of Team Canada, and the one thing that he, he said, a great skating team.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Wilson is one of those guys that you can look over the course of history and you can't find too many guys bigger or stronger who's a better skater. Like these guys, and even Josh Anderson, who of course isn't, quite there with tom wilson pedigree those guys can skate man
5: yeah no they they really can and that that's the scary part is you can get so much speed going and and and, and just as it like it's you're gonna have your offense you don't need them for offense but it's you, you get into a tough game you're playing an emotional game against the u.s and you want to get a guy to go in there on their d and Disrupt them and rattle rattle a few cages back there, especially on the NHL size ice, because he's going to get in there quick, and he's going to be a guy that the other team has to account for.
1: Yeah, and that's he's an Armstrong style guy too, right? Doug Armstrong has talked about liking guys that like that size and NHL ice, so certainly that that is a factor. Um, looking at the the rest of the team here, uh, you know, we at Armstrong. One thing he said yesterday was that Carey Price um, could potentially be. You know, on the team, if he can get back by Christmas, just play a handful of games and kind of show that he's able to do it. How are you? Where are you on the rest of what could be the goaltending for Team Canada as uh, the, the team starts to sh- take shape over the next month here?
5: Yeah, I, w- I was just taking a peek at it the, the other night, and I, I, I'm with with Armstrong on that and Team Canada. Like, I think if Price is is ready and he gets some games under his belt, he's my guy. He, he's the guy I would go with. He's. I, I still think he's the the best Canadian goaltender in the world. It's, it's just how do you fill the other pieces? And I, I think it's Kerry Price and whoever else, if, if he is able to go, uh, you go with him and, uh, and then you bring in whoever, whoever need be for the backup. Um, but I, I just think the separation is that big between Kerry Price and the rest of the league, as long as he gets back and, and gets enough time to get his, to get his game back in order, because that's going to take probably at least uh, three months to a week to, to get back in the game shape.
0: You don't have any other
5: choice. What do you go? I don't like. Right? Like when you really think of a Kipper off the top of your head, who who's a guy that that's close? Like we thought Hart was going to be the guy. What happened? What down. happened to
0: him? Like, Again, um, you know, in the last what two or three weeks, he got off to a good start. Yeah, but there just seems something there that can't get him to string it for a season.
5: Yeah, no, and that's the thing with playing in the league. It's. It's consistency over time. You've been good. Now, now show me that you can be consistent over time. And uh, Bennington's a guy that, that I think would be in the mix for sure. Guys, he's he's won. He's he's played under pressure. Uh, he'd be a guy on my short list. But but for Hart, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for him for sure. So Yorkie, you're you're home in Ottawa. Where
1: are the Sens at? A couple of decent wins <laughs> of late. What yeah. uh, what do you how do you diagnose their
5: season to date? Oh boy. Uh, well, how do you put a finger on it? It's, it's been, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of angst here in Ottawa. There's been a lot of people, a lot of finger pointing, a lot of people blaming Pierre Dorian, DJ Smith. Uh, when this season started, guys, I, I thought they were going to struggle. I thought DJ would, would be able to, he's a good motivator. He's a player's coach to get a few more wins out of this group. So I, I, I'm surprised they're this bad, but I'm not surprised they're going to be out of the playoff uh, picture. They're just, they're too young. Like, People are saying, "Well, if they had Shane Pinto, who's I think he had 12 games of regular season NHL experience, that's not really an excuse." I don't like when people throw that out there. They just they're not deep enough. Like you look at their number one center, it's Josh Norris. He's a great player, but he's young. Like you're not going to win with Josh Norris going against the Sidney Crosbys and the Nate McKinnons and, and the top guys. I think he'll he's going to be a great player, but that's a lot to ask. And you look at Brady Kachuk, like he's still not where he's going to be, and uh, Drake Batherson is going to be a good player, but the core of this team, guys, it's still young. Like there's a good future here, but they still have to they, they still have to bring some pieces in. It's to me, it's a it, this is a two year, three year project. You look at that back end, Thomas Shabbat, really nice player. Uh, I probably have him on my team Canada just because the Canadians' left side isn't isn't that strong. So I have Shabbat but after him. It's a bunch of guys that are probably five, six, seven defensemen, and you just you're not going to win in the league unless you have good defense, and they don't have enough NHL caliber uh, talent back there, guys. So, you know, they are where they are. I'm not surprised. Uh, but the city, you know, there's the Melnick thing that's that's always talked about here. Can this team ever win with him as the owner? And you know, that's that's that brings a lot of anger to a lot of people here. So. Uh, The good thing is there there is a lot of really, really good pieces here for the future.
0: One more, uh, Yorkie, before we uh, have to cut you off here. Uh, The handling of Matt Murray. And how how do you now, how do you still draw now UFAs to want to come here when you've watched this thing unfold?
5: It's tough. And it's already tough as it is to get people to come to Ottawa with with the way the team's been the last few years. They got to win. They got to turn things around. Uh, they got to start selling hope as far as this young base, this, this young core, who I mentioned some of the nice pieces uh, with Matt Murray. I just, you know how it is Kipper when, when, when things start to, when crap hits the fan and you've got Pierre Maguire, who's come to town, who's looking over the general manager's shoulder. People have to start blaming people, don't they? Because if you don't, the finger's going to start, it's, it's going to stop at you. That's, that's how the league works. Everybody knows that it becomes a blame game. So Murray, takes the blame for now and he he didn't play well either guys like he has to shoulder some of this but there's circumstances he had covid he was hurt small sample size but there's a lot of pressure here when, when you come out and make the make the claim that it rebuilds over like like Pierre dorian did and he actually you know, the other day on sports radio here he says that's something i, I wouldn't have a take back on uh but he was excited for the season i get it but he, whenever you say that you bring so much pressure and i think with the pressure uh Murray just became a casualty. Blame him. Some of the minors. and, and uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough in the future. But w- w- Kipper, you and I know this. Barney, winning solves everything. And if, if this team can string together some wins, uh, get some excitement going, um, it'll be a couple years. But I, I think when the irons hot again, they might be able to draw a few good players here.
0: When this show sucks and starts circling the toilet, I blame Justin yeah. and Sammy. <laughs> and you know what? We'll take it's
5: that. It's blame game. It's, it, when, when, the, when the music stops, you gotta, someone's not going to have a chair, <laughs> It happens time and time again. Bad teams. Look at, look at Vancouver. You tried to blame the coach. Oh, you blame him. You're fired too.
0: Don't That's I know it, it. Don't I know it. Jason York, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Yorkie. See, see ya, fellas. He's always fun. Oh, what a guy. And he's not scared to tell it like it is, too. No, that's why he keeps coming back on our show. That's right. Only nothing but strong opinions on not, this show. Not many. It's tough to find. <laughs> Surprisingly I've, tough to I've find. i sucked you guys right in. You really have. I'm telling you, you know, that whole Say thing. Say
1: something, damn it.
0: That, that whole thing with Austin Matthews on whether he should have retaliated or not. You know what I get now on on, on, on Twitter? I expect that from you. I'm Real a sword. But Justin Bourne, yeah. Hey, you he's better do. than that. That's what I get now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. He's, not. <laughs> he's not.
2: We do it, not agree.
0: It just took me <laughs> to bring it out. That's all. I've been exposed. All right, we'll take a quick break here and we'll see if we can hunt down John Cooper, head coach of the Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay Lightning. You're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. The code word for today's
2: episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win least blues tickets on December 23rd is Cairo.
0: What a week we're having here, JB, on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. Earlier this week, Doug Armstrong, General Manager, Team Canada, and in the same week, we hunt down head coach. You're the best producer in the biz. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. No, we, he's not going to want to get into a lot of Olympic talk. You know, it's like rosters or anything like that. Nope. It's like picking your favorite children. He doesn't want to do that. Fair. He wants to focus on Tampa, so we get that. So maybe we'll just ask him if he's really excited about the Olympics. Am, am I allowed on that one, John Cooper?
3: Hey, it's uh, Sweeps Week. Is that what they call
0: it? <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. How are you? Off day today? Did you give the boys a, an off day?
3: Uh, some of them. It was uh, we had a little skate with some of the guys. But, no, we've been on a uh, we, weird time for us because we, I mean, there's give and take in this league, and you have to grind through some time. So this is grind time for us. We were, I think when we landed in Montreal, it was our – six different city in nine nights you know we still have three road games and we so it's basically i don't know seven or eight road games and and one of them is tampa which you know we just flew in played a game and left so uh every team goes through it this is believe me i'm not complaining we had all these home games before that so it's uh it's just the way the league goes and you have to fight through it but somehow the guys are grinding away and getting points so we hopefully we can uh, get a few more here in toronto and ottawa
0: I know it's hard for you to uh, talk about the Olympics when you've got, uh, you know, your Tampa Bay Lightning there, and I don't know, maybe if you do talk about it, it makes you feel like you're cheating on your wife or something, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, are, does it feel like it's getting closer for you? Are, do you truly feel excited about this?
3: Uh, well, excited for sure. I mean, it's the Olympics, so how can you not be? Um, I, the, the one thing is there's... You know, I don't think it's going to be like Vancouver excitement where it's hosted in Canada and there's not a pandemic swirling around. So there's, you know, times have changed in that regard. But having the, you take a step back and sit here and say, you get to be a part of coaching some of the greatest hockey players in the world in the tournament where it's legitimately best on best uh, for with countries. And you're growing up in this country, watching, gosh, I remember when I was in, Notre Dame and Wilcox, Saskatchewan. I think it was, I'm going to date myself, but I think it was 84 and they just stopped school and bring the TVs in. And as soon as Canada was playing <laughs> school stopped, you know, it's just what it means in this country. Now to be able to sit here and say, you're, you're going to be behind the bench with some of the greatest minds and, you know, Trotsy Deboer, Cassidy and army and all the guys involved. It's uh, pretty cool just to sit back and digest that. So yes, excited, no question, but the other part is you're kind of you're grinding away with your own team. So you're focused on that and trying to, you know, you're doing a little bit of double duty. But since, you know, as this gets closer now and we start, you know, the meetings are picking up, um, we're getting a little bit more involved in that. But, yes, for sure, uh, excited about it.
1: I do want to focus on that team that you're grinding away with. You guys are, you know, one, four hockey games in a row here and off to another good start this season. I want you to flash <laughs> back to before um, you guys had won the two Stanley Cups. I think a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans have this fantasy where they, they one day want to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. How much did the uh, the change from a team that felt like you couldn't quite get over the hump to a team that did get over the hump, how much of that was tangible, different hockey or personnel or strategy just versus just getting another crack at it with a pretty good core of guys?
3: Uh, good question. I think there's a culmination of everything, little bits and pieces of that. So... We kept our core, um, and and we felt the way we played. Like we didn't think it was a big structural thing. And I, I don't I believe that in a lot of systems. Every there's guys that have different systems, but if everybody's on the same page, I think it's how you play it. And so what we did, you know, our mentality was the issue. And we would take for instance the game one against Columbus in 2019, and we had a three nothing lead. Well. Mm-hmm. We'd won 62 games that year. A lot of things came easy to us. We'd won a bunch of games we probably shouldn't have, but we were just, you know, talented and, and pulled the games out. And you get a 3 nothing lead. Our mentality was, well, we're going to win this game 9 nothing, And it wasn't, you know, we're going to win this game 3 nothing. That's it. Shut the game down. And I think that came back to bite us in the playoffs because everything changes then. And we'd had some good runs with some previous teams playing the defensive style. We just thought we could get through it. And I think the, probably we were a little naive in that a little, probably, um, I don't know. I won't use cocky as the word, but I think that in our head and we needed that we needed to get punched in the face and we did, and it was embarrassing. You know, I, I, I've said that forever. And then we had to wait 400 and some days uh, later to get another crack at it. And as fate would have it, uh, we had no, we were never going to play Columbus in the playoffs but the pandemic hits and everything gets spun around and 24 teams are in and all of a sudden Columbus beats Toronto. It's like, Holy cow, we're playing Columbus. And, and so there was just so many things fell into place for us. And I think as much as we probably didn't want to play Columbus, we wanted to, because we wanted to get through, like we needed to break through that embarrassing barrier that was surrounding us. And I'll tell you though, you know, that first game goes five overtimes. It's a six and a half hour long game. And, you know, Braden Point scoring that goal. I, I can't sit here and say we wouldn't have won the series if he didn't, but boy, it would have been tough on our psyche. And I think once we broke through that game one, just, you know, our, our stars and everybody was on, they were, everybody was on the same page. And, and then again, you'll know, go back. We did bring in some players. Like there were some pieces
5: mm-hmm.
3: that were, that were brought in and uh, you know, the Coleman and Goodrow and, you know, really formed solidified a line for us that we needed and, and, and then we just took off from there. But there's little instances, especially when you win, you're like, holy cow, I can't believe that happened or I can't believe this happened. And it all fell into place, but it was years in the making and it was a years of heartache that we went through before we got over the hump.
0: Coop, we see you at uh, 16, 5, and 4, and uh, certainly the depth is showing that you, you speak of, but it cannot be fun coaching a team without Point and Kucherev.
3: Well, it's different. Uh, you know, and another one is like the one that people don't talk about is Chernak. I mean, he's pretty much missed the whole year. He's going to be out uh, for a while here still. And he's a big piece of the right side of our decor. But when you don't have those, those guys are superstars in this league. And, uh, but you know, our depth has taken a hit too, with, you know, the departures of, you know, the Gord line and Tyler Johnson and, you know, even savvy last night. And you have to adapt, but it's, it's just been a different year. I think, you know, last year, I think we went to 10 overtime games all year. And we've been in 10 already this year. So the games are close, and we're just finding ways to, you know, I could tell the guys, just keep munching points, keep munching points. Some you win, some you lose. But that was just another point. And, and so, you know the, the mar- or the, you know, the, I don't know, how do I say it, margin, everything's gotten closer. And so, but I think a little bit of our, maybe our pedigrees helped us grind some games out. Uh, but it's been tough, and uh, it's it's going to be like that for the rest of the year.
1: I, I want to, you know, get into the idea of having one freeing you up a little bit, and the regular season. I know last year, you know, if you talk to other media members, they were like, ah, Tampa. They just want to get in. They've won a cup. They just want to get in, and they can do it from there. Um, you know, this season, obviously, you guys. You know, has to have a very similar team um, in a lot of ways. Do you? Do you guys actually feel that way, or is it a matter of all right? We want to grind and win the division, or you just feel like just get in and we know we've got enough.
3: To to be honest, I just think getting in is the key, and but that's been the theory the whole way. Like I, you know, we've won a Presidents Trophy, we've done things like that, and, and haven't won cups, and you've come second or third in the division and have won cups, and. It is about getting in. I think you can't control who you're going to play. Uh, sometimes matchups come into play as well. Like you play a team that you just match up against, or a team gets knocked out, and you're like, "Ooh, that might have been a tough matchup for us, but now we're playing this team." Like that, all that stuff comes into play. But you never get to have those discussions unless you make the playoffs. Yeah. And and that's where you you have to get in, and then you go from there. Now, do we have a little experience in that regard? Now, uh, I think probably that works in our favor, but, um, you know, you can't sit there and just say, Oh, the experience is going to get you through. You still have to do the work. You still have to do the preparation and, and all that comes into play, but we have been there before, but I would never sit here and say, Oh, just because, you know, we, we've been there before, we're going to do it again. We're an entirely different team. Like the two teams in one cups were extremely similar. You know, this, this team is, is, uh, we've got so much new personnel, but, in saying that, you know you've got a Corey Perry that's been to the, the past two cups and has has proven he can do it, and you know Belmar Belmar's a KG vet, and we just got some of these these guys that have been there. But uh, you have to get in. I guess the long answer to your question: it, all the other stuff is it's it's good to put on the uh, mantle and say you want this, but it's all about getting
0: in. We're speaking with head coach of the Stanley yeah. Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, John Cooper. Uh, Cooper, I'm not saying that. Vasilevsky could play eighty games, but he 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 could play all eighty games. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it, he, it seems to me that this guy is a true workhorse for you. And not that you want to go down that path of testing how many games you could actually play this guy, but if you had to, I, I think he could play every game.
3: He probably could, and it's uh, uh but it is about. Like his body, the way he keeps himself in shape and his preparation that way, there's no doubt he could. The part that goes that people don't realize it's the mental grind, and I think that was the part that we really worked with Vasilevsky over the years was, you know, pulling back his skates skates between games, or maybe not pregame skating these days, and and you know what to do in games when, yeah. You know, you ask Vassie, oh, I'd love 40 shots a night, but there's games where you get 15, and you may go 12, 13, 14 minutes without seeing a shot. And those are the things that goalies have to get through, Of like how do you stay in the game? And you know, our goalie coach and, and guys have worked, you know, is, is well, is more importantly, has been the guy that's done it all as well. But, you know, just the preparation. And now, as you said, like I could Vassy play a ton more games for sure, but a big part of it is, keeping him fresh and keeping his mind fresh. And to do that, you just, you can't play him in all the games. And, and so, uh, you know, we have a plan and so far so good.
1: One last question for me. I just, you mentioned you guys had been to 10 overtime games. I want to know how much coaching is involved in three-on-three overtime when you have talented guys. Do you have much of a strategy or much of a guideline or you just throw the best guys over?
3: Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, face-offs, especially the initial face-offs, you want to put yourself in a position to try and win that. Um, who the other, you know, are you the home team or the road team? Who they're going to throw out? Who do you want to throw out against them? Um, so like those strategic parts, um, changes, that's another one. Um, yeah. Do we try and pull pucks out if there's nothing going on? There's, there's no doubt, but those are little things that you just got to keep on the guys, um, you know, especially the big one is the changes, but other than that, in the end, um, it's you let the talent take over, and those are the guys out there, and you, and you just kind of give them the guidelines, and then they work within that. But you know, like our last overtime game, it was kind of nothing was going on, and then all of a sudden, you know, we give up a you know kind of semi break. We have a bit of a rush. We turn it over. We give up a semi breakaway to Pasternak, um, and then that starts. Overtime. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like, bang, we got a two on one Stamco scores. And that's what's exciting about it. But you just got to hope you're not in those, you know, some of those positions where you're giving up the first big chance to start with.
0: Coop, one more for me, uh and we're going to let you go. Just this uh marquee matchup tomorrow night Tampa Bay uh, versus the Leafs at Scotiabank Arena, and just how it's shaping up in the Atlantic. It really is Florida, you guys, and the Maple Leafs, and uh, the importance and the focus to. Maybe finish number one.
3: Uh, like I said, I, I don't know if that's, that's the plan. I think you measure yourself against good teams. You know, we ended up beating Boston the other night in overtime, but I thought Boston probably deserved a better fate in that game. Um, and, and so they're a hell of a team. They just haven't played near the games that the rest of us have. I think they've only played 21 or something. So they'll be probably climbing up the standings as well. Uh, we had a good one here with Toronto last game. You know they scored late and then, and then took us out in uh, in overtime. So, uh, but you just like these are games. You, you measure yourself, but in the end, playing Toronto versus playing Montreal versus playing Ottawa, it doesn't really matter. You just got to go in and get points in the games, and and uh, and then see where everybody's standing in the end. And if it's in mid April and May you're playing Toronto, then you know it's a it's a different story. But yeah, do we want to win this game? No doubt, but. You know, part of it is let's let's go into this game and prep like we do for other teams, and try our best and see if we can get some points out of it.
0: Hey, John, we really appreciate your time on an off day. Uh, wish you all the best the rest of the way. Gone already? <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. He, he
1: heard you hear the close start, and that was enough for him.
0: Wow, he's gone. Busy man.
1: You know what? I'll take that.
0: Oh no, I'll take that too. Yeah, yeah I'll we, take we, I'll we... take the quick hang up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it incredible. It didn't happen mid interview. So.
2: Something in there that was very interesting to me as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan was him acknowledging the fact of getting over the hump against another team, you know, and how they were embarrassed about the Columbus thing and then going into the bubble and getting to play them again after they beat the Leafs. So that Tor- was, that's interesting Toronto to Montreal. Yeah, I don't think Montreal is going to be around this year.
1: You want Boston then? I think
2: that no, ma- it just it validates my thoughts that sp-
0: that matters to teams. But I'm only speaking sure. of the embarrassment, right? Yes. They've got it. They've got their fuel. The Leafs have got their fuel mm, on the embarrassment. Been embarrassed. They're
1: yep. They have ample embarrassment. The <laughs> tanks are loaded full of embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, lots, <laughs> lots to draw back if that, on. If that's the fuel you need, they are set to go.
0: That Tampa Bay team, boys, will be scary again. And so, I just don't know if Kucherov gets the true credit he deserves. Maybe it's a Tampa Bay thing, um, you know, if he was in a bigger market. But does Tampa beat Florida without Kucherov last season in the first round?
1: No, he scored two power play goals in the first game. Yeah, Is that... I think he scored on his first
0: shot, if I remember uh... correctly.
1: He's really good.
0: No. He's really, really no. good. Really, really, really good. I yes. was... Uh, Three
1: reallys. Really? I was working on some stat stuff for an article tomorrow and doing, like, chances per game and, like, what guys generate around the league. And it's like, you know, sh- slot passes per game. McDavid, Kucherov, one, two. Uh, so, you know, go through the list. Kucherov and the per game stuff, because he hasn't played much, but he's, he's up there. You know, like, everything he does from last year, too, he's just, he's one of those elite guys. Top name.
0: Mm-hmm. What a hard trophy. Yep. Very good. Very
2: good. It's
0: a good okay. trophy to win. Quick break, and then we're gonna hunt down Aaron Ward, former NHLer, currently working on the
3: NHL player and puck track technology. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born.